A Man on a Mission. This is written by Father John Bowles, Peru. How Irish Columban Father Tony Coney's concern for disadvantaged children transformed many young lives in a poor area of Lima, Peru. For me, life began at 40, laughs Father Tony Coney, remembering how he arrived in Lima on his 40th birthday. In addition, the date was August 30, providentially the feast day of the city's patron, St. Rose of Lima. Tony came as a man with a mission. For years, he dreamed of setting up a project to help needy children. He knew all about children, coming as he did from a family of seven. However, his interest in disadvantaged children sprang from his experiences as a newly ordained priest working in his native Belfast during the early 1990s, where the poverty and violence of the Northern Irish Troubles had taken its toll, especially on the young. Tony was also inspired by the writings of pioneer Scottish educationalist A.S. Neill, who, in his seminal work Summerhill, had advocated a completely new approach to rearing difficult children. The idea was for those children to be given freedom, the scope for self-expression, and this really resonated with me, Tony recalls. In Peru, he found himself in a huge parish on the northern outskirts of the capital where shanty towns sprawled endlessly over the barren hills. Here, the children suffered from poor diet, poor housing, poor education, poor everything. Tony's chance came in 1997. The house became available. I bought it with my ordination money. He made it into a day centre for needy youngsters. We started with six volunteers and about 100 children. In a few months we had 300, and after a year we had to extend Irish aid paid for the extension. Tony also increased the services on offer, employing psychologists, speech therapists and social workers. The latter staffed a defence desk to cater for children at risk. Nowadays, we receive up to 400 kids a day from a weekly pool of 1,200. And as to the day-to-day -day activities, Tony has adopted the A.S. Neal system. The kids do whatever they want, arts and crafts, play, homework, reading, theatre, music, dance, computers and the lot. There are no closed doors. Children get the chance to be children, with no adults telling them what they have to do. Instead, the children themselves come together to agree on their own norms and rules. Tony called it St Bernadette's Children's Centre. Why choose St Bernadette? After buying the house, I had no money to renovate it, so I wrote to my home parish in Belfast, St Bernadette's. Theirs was the first donation I ever got, so I adopted their name. Unfortunately, from the outset, there was a problem which perhaps vexed Tony more than any other, and that was the ugly matter of child sex abuse. It soon became clear that this was rife in the area. Worse still, the abuser was often living under the same roof as the child. The subject was taboo. No one wanted to listen. 
Meanwhile, the kids remained in abusive situations. Consequently, the idea arose that we needed a residential home where the child could be separated from the situation and get therapy until the legal setup in the family could be resolved. And so it was that a second centre was born, St Bernadette's home with a 36-place capacity. Now attitudes have changed, explains Tony. People are more conscious of the problem and open to doing something about it. We work with the government. They refer cases to us. We still meet with resistance from the police, for instance, but that's where our defence desk comes in. We more or less force them to act. Meantime, St Bernadette's Child Protection Program seeks to combat the threat of child abuse in the wider community. We go into schools, do formation courses for pupils, teachers and parents, get them to set up protection teams. Up until now, they've gone into some 30 schools and prepared thousands of children. In 2019, we reached exactly 10,016 children, adds Tony proudly. But as you address one issue, another appears. Tony's team quickly noticed that many of the youngsters in the day centre displayed learning difficulties not necessarily because they weren't bright, but because of the emotional difficulties they were experiencing at home. This awareness moved Tony to found a third premises, St Bernadette's Remedial School. Here, he explains, children can attend for a year or so, come up to standard and go back into mainstream education, given that they've often been thrown out of the state system because of low grades. Up to 120 pupils at a time reap the benefits of this initiative. And taking stock after over 25 years, Tony's dream has realised itself in the form of three centres, 65 paid staff and a child protection outreach program, almost all financed by overseas donors, many of whom are the Far East magazine readers. He says that the priority now is to sustain all this. The goal is to make it permanent. We achieved a lot, but a way to go yet. Tony's life may have begun at 40, but a great many people in Lima are hoping it'll go on for a long time yet. That article from Columban Father John Bowles has worked in South America for the last 25 years. There's an addendum to that article. In the words of a student, For many years, Christina had been connected with St Bernadette's Day Centre. This is what she told us. When I started school, I went every day to the library in the centre where the staff helped me with my homework. They were very patient and I was able to go on learning. In the workshops, I learned how to make bracelets, necklaces, key rings and many other things. At home, though, often I felt very lonely and sad because my parents separated and my mum had to go out to work. Even now, at times, I feel sad because I have several brothers and sisters and I have to look after the smaller ones and feel as if I'm the mother who has to do everything. It's because of this that in the children's centre I can forget all my sadness and problems.' 